podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is Ben Slinger. Hello, hello, hello. Let's get right into it. Let's do it. Click Pitch is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us on the count of three to one click. We're going to click that button. We're going to get those words. We're going to throw them at each other. We're going to make a game design. And then we'll see what happens from there. Like whether we get another word or whether we do the same as last week, which is... <laughs> just do one game for half an hour because it was... One game for half an hour so that had nothing it. to do with Halloween. It was halloween enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it. Three, two, one. We talk, we talk. We talk a big game. We really Ooh. do. Alpha okay. float, devastating stroke. Ooh. Okay, so when I thought of alpha float, I thought of a parade. See, when you said float, and I saw stroke, I'm like, this is a swimming game. Oh, okay. Hmm. It's all about making it to the top of the swim team. Okay. You're a you're a sure. beta trying to become an alpha. <laughs> All right, yes, but in the sense of just like top and not quite top, not yeah. toxic masculinity. Exactly. Um, in fact, <laughs> it's like because <laughs> we've been playing V Rising, and I just think alpha, alpha wolf. Right. So I just think as you as you're going through all these different swim meets, yep. like you're also some sort of some sort of hunter that is like. Hunting the alphas of each of these. Um, All right. Well, let, let's like- let's <laughs> let's see if we get to that point. First, I want to figure yeah. out how do we make swimming mechanics fun. What is it that determines whether you win or lose a swim a swim race? Um, you know, presumably we there are some sort of stats involved. Unless we want to make it purely skill based somehow. Oh, skill based is kind of fun though. Like, like rhythm. Feels like maybe that would be yeah. Because I'm sort of thinking triggers, you know, if and then you got to you know got to press something uh, you, to breathe. You, you got to press something to breathe at the same time, um, so that you're breathing on that side. Okay, I could see the rhythm. I could see that rhythm being interesting. It would get boring pretty quickly. Based on, I mean, I guess if you've got a few different things that you have to keep in time. So like, yes, it's like your left, right, left, right, left, right strokes, and the faster you do those in a good rhythm. The faster you go, but then you do have to time your breaths. As yeah, well. but then, like, if you if you're not getting enough time to breathe, the whole the whole reason why people like when you see Olympic swimmers actually swimming, yeah, you know they've they're not going as fast as they can. They've got it. No, they're pacing long drawn out and, and yes, like, yeah, for long sure. drawn out strokes because they know the fastest they can actually go is if they actually take as much water as they can in each and stroke propel themselves forward to propel themselves forward rather than just going ham fisted. Yeah, of to course, go as of course. As but I'm trying to figure out also how that will work from the game mechanics point of view like how are you going to beat someone else is it just being on rhythm like because there's got to be a sweet spot there for how fast you are actually doing those strokes as well right um Mm -hmm. and so maybe it is about yeah obviously you can't just go left right left right left right left right left right because you don't actually you're not actually doing full strokes then to propel yourself you're just like getting halfway we're not playing decathlon here like from from early pc days where (laughs) you're just trying to hit those those two buttons as fast as you can in alternating steps but instead this is this is a um this is a tactical game of trying to keep your energy going your breath yeah your breath right okay I, i could see that then where you could have some sort of indicator of the power of each stroke and that you can see it compared to like your previous one, like how much it's actually pushed you forward. So you're sort of 
figuring out those sweet spots of, okay, do the next stroke when my arm is back, you know, to my hip so that he actually comes around in that arc and, and does Ooh. the next, you know, big stroke. What needs to happen is this needs to be on the PS5 and it needs to be a PS5 exclusive okay. so because you the as you get to halfway through the stroke and that's where you're pushing pushing the water, yep. that's the second part of the, like- It makes it like the harder. Half you of the actually feel that water as you push. You pull feel the water trigger. and- I could feel- I can see that- and you're doing it with your hands on video. The audience can't yeah, see yeah. this, but they can maybe <laughs> figure out based on your sound effects. <laughs> but yes, like having that resistance there as the stroke actually goes through the water would be really cool. I think you could do it. I okay. don't know that you'd want to rely on it <laughs> to the point that makes me exclusive. While you're doing that, you are wiggling the sticks up and down because feet. that's your feet. <laughs> 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 or, you, or you're pushing down on the deep pad and oh and god, X. No. Oh, I'm trying to fi- I'm trying to figure out how that would feel. <laughs> Shitty. <laughs> I just tried it. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't do that and your long strokes. That wouldn't work. <laughs> okay, so all right, that, that's some pretty decent feeling mechanics. I feel like you could really tweak that to make it sort of feel like you're moving through through the water strongly. Do we also then though have? stats that you build up over time like that you will get more power out of your strokes you'll i don't know be you know lung capacity and also gear as well right like if you're upgrading to the super what do you call it uh dynamic water low drag that sort of yeah, stuff low drag, low drag yeah. uh swim sort of the you, you're always shaving <laughs> like you got the shaving You've mini got games, shaving mini games. <laughs> yes yeah okay one of the things that um, I kind of love is you can also bring it into once you start getting good at swimming yep. and get your lung capacity up, you can take some odd jobs, which are all to do with like going deep sea diving or right, you swim know, related jobs, swim related jobs. Um, I don't know about deep sea diving. I feel like you, you, all these skills are based around surface swimming, <laughs> fast surface swimming. So they all, it's like someone's like, can you, can you deep, like deep dive down and get this for me? I'm like, mm, no, if it's not floating on the surface, sorry, I can't do anything about it. <laughs> By the time you're finished, it will be floating on the surface. And then I mean, <laughs> then I'm, na- I'm really now just thinking way. I really want to be playing Sea of Thieves again because I kind of missed that game. Yeah. And- <laughs> Um. Oh, okay. But let, let's- if only you could be on a PVE server, that that would be. Yeah. I mean, that's the sort of stuff I. Enjoy. I think the PVP is fine. Whatever. It's just anyway. We're not we're not discussing real games here. Only only fake games. Only fake games that you know will like <laughs> real fake be doors. <laughs> so let's uh think a bit about the sort of story, I guess, or like the mm. the environment that you're in here and, and your relationship to other swimmers and that sort of thing. I mean, I like the idea of just, you know, you've got these other swim teams with their sort of distinct personalities, perhaps, and different different skills. Yep. Do you go a bit cartoony with it and have, like, one team are, like, the puffer fish or whatever, and they can hold their breath for, you know, they don't have to breathe the whole time, and they're all, like, they have distinct you know, looks and feels and they've all got spikes coming out of them because they're actual, like, puffer <laughs> fish. Um, and then you've got, you know, another team that's the- uh, Blowholes. The blowholes. <laughs> and, they, yeah, they literally, they literally breathe out of their backs. 
Um, and they've got, you know, super, fl- they've got flippers instead of feet or whatever. All each of their feet are flippers. Each of their feet are just pro- prehensile tails. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. They just walk around on those prehensile tails. But when they get in the pool, boy, do they go fast. Yeah. So you've got these like what seem like unbeatable, you know, teams. And they're, and as you come up against them, they're like trash talking you or whatever. And, but, but then maybe you, as you beat them, you kind of, for one, you learn from them, but you have relationships with the people on their teams and stuff. Yeah. It's when you come across the Poseidons and they've all got like tridents and shit (laughs) and literally command the water away from you. So you're not actually swimming in water. You're just (laughs) running on ground. They just, they they just, they just sit down (laughs) in the water like they're on a throne and it just pushes them forward. <laughs> That's the whole way that they swim. But I kind of love that. I love that sort of cartoony. cartoony it's cartoony only vibe. the alpha. It's only the. It's only oh, the top the person, top in, person each team. in each team who can do have these sort of real special powers. Okay, yeah, that makes yeah. more sense because then, then you're building up to that over time to defeat that out, and maybe Ooh, you've got special and, techniques you have to use. And I, I like the idea that you know each school that you go to, there's like a water themed dungeon that you go that you have to go through that eventually have to face off against the alpha at the end to to Okay. Uh, is it still just like swimming as fast as you can is the main mechanic though in all of these? I, I think uh there's there's certainly some race parts of, of each of these maps. Yeah. But then there's also the typical sort of roguelike sort of Moving around, maybe with a with a simple weapon, scanning stuff on top of the water. Yeah, well, I wonder though. Dive if- down very briefly, and you can only stay down for like you know fifteen seconds because that's as because you've only trained yourself to breathe between strokes, not actual like hold yeah. your breath for a long time. Yeah, yeah, and if you take five strokes underwater, then you're like. <laughs> 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 Open a clam, get that bubble. <laughs> get that bubble. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't mind that. I think if we can if we can base it still around the swimming mechanics as much as we can, so that all of the skills and things you learn feed into that those parts as well. But yeah, I agree they don't necessarily all just have to be racing, like race as fast as you can. But I think maybe they're all set in a, like a small pool like area, obviously. And I think, yeah, that you, you want them to mostly use the same skills and then figure out like a twist on them or something. Um, yeah. so, you know, maybe you're going back and forth to like hit different, you know, it's more about how fast you, I mean, it might have be like use your turn, you know, you kick turn or whatever. Um, more in in that level because you have to get to the other side faster. Hit a button and, and then quickly hit this button before it you yeah know, something it blinks like that. out. Like because normally you need two people, but you're such a fast swimmer. <laughs> <laughs> if you can do it in four strokes, well, that's it because <laughs> because that, I I mean uh, that's a great mechanic as well. If you've got a timing element on your on your flip turn, like if you hit it bang on, you get like a speed boost where you go like halfway down the pool in they one dolphin kick, yeah, dolphin like, kick, swim. In one in one boost, um, which can come into play in, in other areas too. Anyway, yeah, I like that. That's cool. Devastating. Exactly. <laughs> so this is this your next word? It, that was my word in the previous one. Oh right. I forgot we had that word. I mean devastation. That's like when you win and you kick yeah. kick ass. Emphasized which <laughs> National Waffle. Ooh. Okay, so it's a Halloween-based game because this is the magic type of witch. Okay. It's, it's the Halloween game that we didn't get to last week. The Waffle Witch. Ooh, which waffle? I like uh, I like <laughs> breakfast food-based powers. Powers. 
um, yeah. or or a world full of like all magical powers are based around certain types of breakfast food, perhaps. Oh, and she's a sandwich. She's a sandwich. Well, that's yes. one of her enemies. Is the sandwich. she's the waffle witch? Presumably, okay. She's waffle witch. She's going up against sandwich against the breakfast sandwich, like an egg and bacon sandwich. Okay, what what magic powers does the breakfast waffle witch have? Unfortunately, maple syrup. I'm seeing. I'm. There's definitely some syrup. some sort of. She's not my favorite type of syrup. There's definitely some sort of syrup invocation. Um, you've got. Uh, can she just? I mean, she can just generate waffle. I, don't, I mean, breakfast based powers are not <laughs> never going to be all that useful. It's mostly good for puns, um, which I'm trying very hard to come up with. A waffle just hits you in the face. Yeah. After she waves a waves a wand at you, and you got a waffle in your face. She can like turn in any like change the shape of anything, so it's just got like vague indentations in it, like a waffle. <laughs> Griddle. Uh, look, little griddle li- powers. <laughs> little pools of of maple syrup. <laughs> um, but the, I think it's more about who you go up against, right? You've got like you know the the person doing uh, egomancy. You've got trans baconation. Mm-hmm. More of them sausage powers. Sausage <laughs> powers. Um, yeah, you know the hash brown hag. Ooh, I, I'm seeing that that is definitely one of the biggest enemies. Yeah. Coffee, caffeine warrior. Yep. Um, we're going to cut out all the gaps in here to make it sound like we're coming out with this super quickly off the top of our heads. Because three, two, one, click. Unfortunately, that didn't go anywhere. <laughs> hey, we're still coming up with puns. All right, fine. By Will. Asserting pollution. Hmm. So, world building to start off with. Mm-hmm. The world is being like polluted to you know an nth degree like it's yes. really really it's fucking bad and will has come down to come down like, like from the heavens well or I, I, th- from I think queensland. he's he's mm, not queensland uh oh, actually yes queensland but queensland is a um orbiting space platform new queensland <laughs> <laughs> And so he he's come down in in like a in like a carrier ship, and okay. so this like, is the future. Li- this is the future. Okay. Like literally, the entire the entire world is not populatable. But the idea is, if you clean up enough, you can make little areas habitable. And yeah, kind of wally, but you're a human. Kind of oh, doing doing the opposite of satisfactory in the fact that you're coming down to clean up the world of pollution, not mm-hmm. cause more. Okay. By automating. <laughs> so it's only the opposite in satisfactory in that in, in the actual end, end result of what you're doing. Otherwise it's exactly it, satisfactory. <laughs> it's exactly satisfactory. The idea is that you're you're trying to clean out these chemicals out of the water and pump out clean drinking water and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Ooh, cause I'm imagining that, you know, once you actually clear away the smog, the sunlight now comes through. So solar well, panels now are now usable. Power. Okay. Yeah, I do like that idea of the positive feedback loop via your actions, creating more possibilities for automation. Yeah. Um, I don't quite understand how exactly this ties into breakfast foods. Because uh, that was the previous game. Yeah, but I can't stop thinking about trying to think of good puns, even though I can't come up with any. That's the problem here. <laughs> Something to do- We didn't even do a pancake one. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Okay. So, <laughs> pancake politician. <laughs> pancake, pancake president. The pancake president. Okay. Thank you. All right. There you go. 
<laughs> okay, so what other pollution-based sort of things that, like, I mean, I guess depending on what's going through these rivers and stuff, you could be, as long as you can filter them out in a usable format, they can perhaps be turned into other things. Yeah, I'm imagining that the chemicals that you that you take out of out of the river could actually be, you know, converted into real like um, real real things that you need to make maybe, more machines. Than maybe we make a bit of a, a statement here, or have some challenges where it it can't all be like you have. There has to be a process to get from this where we are, this horrible situation where everything's polluting. It's not all going to be green straight away. Oh, this no. is not Sometimes- a statement based on my like political beliefs, by the way, because we're way past that in the real world, and we should be going straight like as much as we can, how as we can on green stuff. But mm-hmm. my thought is like, okay, what if um, you know you're pulling some sort of chemical sludge or whatever out of the river? And that's great. Like you're cleaning up the river by X percent, and then you have that sludge. But you can then burn that sludge for power. But then that creates creates more, more smoke. Smog. Right. And then you've got other things where you're dealing with the smog, but that might have its own side effects. And so there is in general, like overall, you are improving things. Obviously, you need to give them that, but that you are having these trade offs. Because the idea is that even though, look, we know that this technology is going to cause some sort of pollution, but then you need to offset it and then do more, yes. like so that it actually it ends up in a net positive. Yes, because- and not the stupid carbon offsets that don't, aren't actually a real thing, and they're just a capitalist or whatever. Actual yes. offset, offset the yes, like you are you are doing enough good by pulling pollution out that the pollution you are using or making to do so, you still have a net benefit. Um, yeah, I could see that being interesting. Here's the thing. You could actually make this like a procedurally generated yeah. sort of land that effectively you've been assigned this island and this island is X number in size. Yeah. And your whole idea for this island is to get it as clean as possible and find out the mystery of this island. Either, because each, either each island has a mystery. Well, I was going to say like each island, like you have successive islands and they're getting bigger and bigger and different types of pollution. Like that could almost be a progression. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's that's it's cool. when you come across the big boss mon- monster at the end of each, each island uh-huh. that you realize, oh shit, this is just a very long form roguelike. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could have that be, you know, I mean, based on the, the inputs for those early islands, like, yes, they're smaller and there's less stuff in them, but that's just, you know, Essentially, yes, it's a, a roguelike where each island is a new run and you mm. have uh, new techniques and new things that carry over. And, and you know, after you've gone through something the first time, you kind of know, hey, look, I, I, I kind of don't want to, I don't want to, you know, gate too much technology behind, um, you know, you need bajillion of these resources to be able to do this thing. Yeah. I think the, the fun in this game will actually come from the exploration, the, um, the knowledge that you you are well, doing and I something. think in setting up these feedback loops of of the synergies between them, right? It's like okay, um, get a sludge trawler to pull the sludge out of the river. That's going to create air pollution of this type. But if I, as long as I build a you know purifier with these materials in the area, then that's only going to output seven diseased animals per <laughs> minute. Um, <laughs> and you know I've got my <laughs> my oil cleaning um activists in their can <laughs> in a can i thought you were about to say yeah. <laughs> just open it up and activists pop out 
<laughs> like snakes. <laughs> they, they, they spring out like snakes. Spring-loaded activists. <laughs> no, in a camp. Um, and they clean off- No, the, no, the, no, no. Yeah, it is in a can. It is 100% in a can. <laughs> it's just the- <laughs> the dehydrated activists. Yeah. <laughs> and just add water. Just add water. And that's where the clean water comes in. You've taken the sludge out. You've got the water for the activists. Yeah. <laughs> that's just the input. If you, if you put sludgy water on them, they become enemies. Yeah. Like- you get fascists. <laughs> You get conservative. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> I did also like with the, with the animals, uh, another trade-off, an interesting trade-off could be that you have these like mutated animals from like radioactive waste or whatever that is output by one of these things. You obviously want to save them and clean them up, but those animals are actually like stronger and more powerful and you can have them like pull pull your vehicles and they, they're faster yep. or something, right? So, again, it's this trade-off of, oh, do I, you know, sacrifice some of these animals who are sick but mm-hmm. can do things for me versus how much of this I actually clean up? Yeah, I feel like there's some good tension between those different mechanics there that could be fun to play with. Really are. Well, it really is. Like, what sort of boss monsters can we be coming up against? Uh, I mean, Black Smoke Monster from Lost. Uh, yeah, oh, 100%. Is the, you know, the obvious one when you're already on an island and it's pollution-based. Three, three-eyed fish from Simpsons. Simpsons, but it's huge. Yeah, or it's just like swarms of them or something, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're literally just three-eyed piranhas and it's just- The it's mechanical spider from up. Wild Wild West, Wiki Wiki Wild Wild West. Oh, yes. Um, just because it, it's, it's spewing out pollution. That's it, it spews yeah. so much pollution. It's a steampunk thing. It's that That is actually really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> There's just literally a <laughs> a guy called Telon uh, Crust. Crust, and he's just like producing so many batteries that like it's bringing down the entire island. Also, just a lot of hot air yep. coming out of him all the time. Yeah, yeah, and that's all. Uh, uh, and and for some reason, he's tweeting like a bird. Like, <laughs> yeah, until it's the tweeting all starts slowing down and eventually stops and collapses in on himself. And- oh, but e- every <laughs> every 20 seconds he has to, he like the little, the little check mark that he's got, like just disappears. And then, he, and then- you see him hit a couple of buttons and it appears again. Yeah, and you get $8. <laughs> oh, <laughs> topical. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen King, for bringing it down from twenty dollars. <laughs> um, and also, there's a King Kong Island uh, because, again, it ties into the the strong animals. Maybe you can choose to mm. mutate King Kong and and harness his power to clean up the rest of the island by creating a massive harness that you put on the back of him. <laughs> yeah, you literally harness. Yeah, and and, and that the, then you can like, ride him around. You go. Hang on, I'm not this big. Why am I putting a harness that is this big? And you realize it's because you've actually been mutated and you grow as big as Godzilla and you can now ride King Kong around. Yeah, like definitely. A, it's just like, like an ape horse. It, an ape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you weren't expecting me to say ape I mean, horse. I'm, I'm usually not expecting you to say ape horse. There have not been many times that I've expected you to say ape horse. All right, let's do one more. Yet it, yet it happens more times than not. <laughs> yeah, we've, I've had to edit that out a lot. <laughs> In the 30 hours that you that you cut out this week. Callback. Three, two, one, click. <laughs> Keyed persuasion. Aerial silicon. So, I don't know if just because you mentioned Stephen King, um, but keyed persuasion makes me think of um, Lock and Key, which is his son, wrote mm-hmm. that. 
Sorry, that's the connection there. No, I, I'm like, yep, I'm there. I'm I there knew with you were, yeah. <laughs> where you can potentially like alter people by sticking a key in them and turn it. Mm. Now, whether we go directly with that, but the idea of every person having like a key to their brain or something is interesting. That if you mm. find the key, you have some sort of level of control over them. Ooh. Kind of creepy, but that's very. I mean, I fi- I find that show very very creepy on on oh, Netflix. Yeah, yeah. like the show's great and creepy, but the 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 more I watch, the more I go, oh, I just I the the body the body modification of all of a sudden there's a keyhole there. It's kind yeah, of a bit the way it, like just uh, just opens up. I still watch yeah, and then season. they they instantly just stick the key in it. It's like, ah. What's the, um, that fear of holes in your skin or whatever? There's a, there's a phobia, common phobia. Anyway, um, trypophobia or something. Mm. Uh, but what did you have? Aerial silicon? Yes. So flying silicon. I mean, silicon, one of the ways I go is like circuitry or like, like chips. Yep. So basically this is like a drone based game. Ooh, what if it was flying silicon-based life? Okay. So- So you've- So it's on an alien- It's an alien planet. world sort of thing. It's it's all- uh, So it's taking that, that key- That key thing that effectively, it turns out, <laughs> like the idea that people have been coming to this- To this planet to collect, like, these silicon samples because- okay. It has the special property to enable them to-, to Create the the mind controlling key. Okay, so we're going, going with both. There's this silicon based life form that has the biological properties to create keys that can alter people's minds. Essentially, yeah. Essentially, it's a it's a latent ability from many many years ago in their in their past. Like these life forms can't have it anymore, but it's it's in their DNA. So- yeah, somewhere it just got bred out over generations. Yeah, something and- something around the the ability to to have that effect on other members of their population gave them a survival you know benefit, and so yes, that was. That became a dominant part of their- I mean, it doesn't have to have been bred out. Like, it could be interesting that that's just part of their uh, biology. Mm. And people have adapted that to work on humans, essentially. Yeah, because I I could imagine human beings would find something like that and then immediately go, how could we kill this this animal and use it for- Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, all right, I like this as a world-building kind of thing. I kind of feel like this is a bit of just an action adventure game or something, uh, or almost a bit of a like, sci-fi horror game in a sense, um, because I'm picturing situation. What, I, what I'm thinking is that this, when they have this, um, this key, it essentially lets them just s- replicate their brainwaves into those people. And so you have these situations where you've got your big bad or whatever, you've got your, your evil person who's doing this, or even just like some of the troops or what, like people who are utilizing this, they've gone around and like stuck this key in the back of just random people's heads. And then all of a sudden these people are all acting like simultaneously. Um, almost as a hive mind sort of thing, but really yeah, they're just like they're all making the exact same motions effectively. Um, I like I like the idea of at first, you know, the people who stuck the key in, turned it, and all that sort of stuff. They think they can control it. Yeah. But the more that they do it, the more like it's almost like individual brain cells turning on, and this hive mind sort of coalesces. Oh, it's like actually creating an an extra like a, a new consciousness amongst all these things. 
Mm. Yeah, well, that could be cool because then you could have the scene with like the scientist who comes rushing in because they figured it out. They're like, you know, we we have to stop doing this. We're you know, I, I've been studying the the silicon creatures and I realized that they w- they really do actually want this because yeah, we're this, feeding this into is- their consciousness. <laughs> they're we're, we're adding to their hive mind. This this is actually you know foreseen in their in their in their prophecy. It's called Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's just like it might this not huge even be psychic being. Well, it might not even be that um, that they wanted it or anything. Like I think they're I don't think they're sentient. But mm. until you start, they get enough humans yeah. into their hive mind, essentially, and yes, then they have enough control over enough you know, higher level thinking brain cells um, that it start that hive mind starts taking on consciousness. Because I like the idea that it's like the first third of the game, you're going up against little groups of these like converted people. Yes. And yeah. You, you, you come up against, you know, the, the um, evil CEO who's been, you know, turning, oh, totally, all, these, yeah. turning all these keys and then they, they hit a switch and they, they turn like this massive army all at once. Oh yeah. And there's this massive psychic projection that <laughs> that happens at this stage, yep. and that's and they turn around and you know kind of destroy the CEO's building sort of thing. But they've now been turned on, and this is now the new big bad that you're actually really going up against. That yeah, for sure, yeah, effectively. So the rest of the game is like you're actually going up against a um an enemy that will literally remember every single fight you go up against it because mm. it's the same enemy because it's the same consciousness you just so you take out you've got to be always cells. adapting your fighting style otherwise they know that you always use this fighting combo yeah so they now have a counter to it how do so- you how do you even defeat such a hive mind because is there any central place or is it that you need to somehow disrupt all of the connections or something. Yeah, I think in the, in the story there'll be a, there'll be a way of basically getting creating a massive Faraday cage which basically <laughs> negates all the um negates all the signals and it's actually, basically it's cuts actually a- just a type of hat and you have to put it on as <laughs> enough people. <laughs> So like the latter, the latter half of, or the latter part of the game, instead of or your new move, you've got a new move with all your fighting and stuff that just puts the hat on the person that you're fighting, and then you have to move <laughs> move on. There's a mid, there's a mini game at the start that's kind of like the James Bond thing of throwing his hat onto a um onto like a <laughs> like a hook or onto like a hat rack yeah. or whatever. Yeah, if you get really good at that game, you're gonna have a breezy second second half yeah. because it's literally that game continuously. Yeah. But if yeah, you just skip hats. that because you're like, eh, that's kind of a bit pointless. Yeah, you, you don't have the skills now, and you've got to. What What I love is you get towards the end of the game and you realize, oh, had I just spent the entire time, you know, rather than fighting this thing and making making myself an enemy, had I, you know, just walked around <laughs> and not not gone up against it, and and you know, and just sold hats. <laughs> and just sold hats. It would have been easy to get the hats on them at the end. Yeah. Like, but I know I, I I like the idea of you. It's a it's a game mechanic to keep you varied. In, yeah, that's cool. That's cool for sure. But it's not one of the it's not one of those game mechanics of you can get to the point where you've been playing for so long that nothing you do. Um, no, I think it's will more actually about, work. I think that 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 the, the protection There's against limited the number of points over time as well. Perhaps. Yeah. 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 
So basically, there's a limit, lim, limited number of points. If you are literally doing the one combo, it'll fill all up the very points go against and yeah, they go against that one thing. Yeah. All right, yeah. I think we shall end it there. So thank you for joining us this week on Bitstorm. If you want to find us online, you can go to podchaser.com/bitstorm. All of our episodes are up there. Maybe one day three hundred will be up there. I don't know. Uh, we'll 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 have a a three hundred we'll up there. We'll we may re-record it. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, check it out. And if you like the song that we play at the start and end of each episode, that song is called Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure by the band Kuradust. You can find that at kuradust.bandcamp.com. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I'm the Waffle Witch. Maple syrup. Maple syrup. Ah, ah. Maple syrup. Ah, ha, 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 ha. I'm President Pancake. I like oh, my no. <laughs> My one weakness. <laughs> 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 <laughs>